Welcome to Eat the Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am happy to be here with you today. Happy to be with you every day that I get to be wherever you're at, carried along in your pocket, played through your phone or your stereo. We get together about twice a week to chew on God's word and share areas in our lives that we are um, seeking the Lord, experiencing growth or being challenged um, that we wish to, to offer that to you. On this podcast. So this week we've got Jarrell Carper. Hey, hey. He's back, baby. <laughs> Jarrell, we didn't finish our last conversation. We did about 33.333 continuing percent of it. Of which which one? Oh, oh the men's retreat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was mm-hmm. like, were we talking about something before this <laughs> podcast started? <laughs> Book cover designs. That's true. We yeah. did not finish that. Nope. But we had talked about one third of the messages that you yep. gave at the men's retreat. Yeah. And I thought, so part two, don't leave me hanging. No, I need more. Yes. Mm-hmm. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> so we covered authenticity the first time. Yep. Yeah. So if you didn't listen to the first one, that's okay. But what we're doing is recapping our men's retreat, uh, teachings in some ways, because not everyone was able to make that. And it was like good stuff. Men. So yeah. And if you were a woman, you couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> you can still kind of <laughs> follow along. So yeah, I took three of our church values um, and ran them through this idea of Christian community. And I was thinking of men, you know, mm-hmm. and we covered authenticity last week in the sense of showing up as your true self in Christ, um, which means both having the security of Christ, um, showing up in your strengths and weaknesses, but then free to serve others. And yeah. humble yourself, but not so insecure that you're a doormat for people. It's a fine and line sometimes. Yeah. So some of the logic that I carried through was that our next uh, value that we're going to cover is uh, diversity mm-hmm. in the sense that it is true. If we actually do show up as our true selves, there's kind of a diverse presentation. And yeah. anytime you get people of diverse backgrounds and ages and um, personalities, mm-hmm. there can be some conflict <laughs> and even values yeah and some yeah. rub and in some ways ufc is diverse like we do have a lot of age mm-hmm. <laughs> age diversity um we have some financial diversity um not a whole lot of ethnic cultural diversity yeah. we do Northwest. we are in eugene mm-hmm. um and there's reasons for that and uh so anyways but the idea would be let's look at forgiveness in the sense of forgiveness or one of my things I threw out was diversity is an asset when forgiveness is present Mm -hmm. that we can show up as our true selves and bring what we have to the table. As long as we know that there's forgiveness that is easily dispersed within the Christian community. If we don't feel like that, if we don't feel like the diversity is welcome, then typically the minority will keep their mouth shut, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's probably socio demographics that I am not trained in. (laughs) Nope. Just from my experience. Some pseudo psycho babble that somebody else can talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to be staying in the gospel according to Matthew, looking at chapter 18. Um, This is kind of the classic. If your brother sins against you text, as well as the parable of the unforgiving servant. One of my faves. Yeah. One of your faves. Um, Super reformed text. (laughs) (laughs) So I, as I was studying this, um, reading the context, I've, I saw some connections with the whole of chapter 18 
Uh, it starts out with the disciples asking who the greatest is and Jesus mm-hmm. talks about the children coming and then he's like, hey, if he calls one of these children to stumble, it's not going to go well for you. It's actually better for you to like do, do like get rid of the part of your body that's causing you mm-hmm. to stumble rather than to um, go go to hell with that <laughs> that part yeah. of your body on you. And so I'm in a lot of ways it's it's we think of that as talking about like how willing are you to confess and deal with your sin Mm -hmm. but there's also like a public dimension of that like if you didn't have an eye or a hand you would be looked at funny and you couldn't might not be able to function as well in society yeah and so this idea of like are you willing to take your sin so seriously that you would actually make yourself look ungreat Mm -hmm. Um, instead of trying to be great you're willing to humble yourself and look ungreat because it means dealing with sin even if other people don't like it or hashtag ungreat. Yeah. Don't, don't look <laughs> that, that could have been the theme of the mentor. Uh, then it goes into the parable of the lost sheep is like Jesus goes and, or the shepherd goes and finds the one leaves the 99 that are following mm-hmm. the rules and doing the right thing goes and finds the one stuck in the thorn bush. And in my mind, it's like, yeah, if you're willing to put yourself in the thorn bush or like if you find yourself in the thorn bush, mm-hmm. it's okay. Jesus is going to come pursue you even there. Um, and then there, it moves into if your brother sins against you, um, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. And then it goes into, you know, bring two or three witnesses and then into the parable of the unforgiving servant. So um, I think it's great context on reflections of humility, confession of sin, um, the pursuit of someone who's lost or sinning from Christ and from the Christian community mm-hmm. that if your brother sins against you, don't just ignore it, but actually go to him, tell him his fault. Um, and so while a lot of times this text is used for church discipline, which my homeboy over here is big a fan. big fan of big fan of church discipline. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of someone who's been disciplined a lot himself, Chris Moore, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I said that, you know, church discipline should kind of be, however you interpret it. The main point of this text is that church discipline would be kind of your your backup plan, like your jumper cables that mm-hmm. like what should really happen is someone should just go and tell you your fault and you should res- be restored, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think we're not very good at that. We're not very good at telling other people when mm-hmm. they've sinned against us. And we're also not very good at hearing that and being willing to humbly repent and change or modify that behavior. So yeah. that leads down the line, which is not the topic of this conversation. Um, so the, the thing I, I said we first need is courage, so if your brother sins against you, go go tell him his fault. I think um, we don't do that very well. Yeah. Think about how many times someone has sinned against you and then how many times someone has come and told you your faults. Um, Infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like we know in Christian community and a non, non-Christian one is that we actually go tell each other our faults. That happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, often over like social media or a text, but there's something about going to uh to someone and looking them in the face um the next thing i said not just courage but you need confidentiality right it says uh, jesus says um between you and him alone and Mm -hmm. so don't triangulate don't gossip don't slander don't spread the baggage um when you see somebody face to face it can um, inspire some compassion in you like oh this is a human that's not just someone that did me wrong um and then the last uh, part is is forgiveness. Um, you've won your brother over, so that's assuming that there's some type of conversation, listening, yeah. give take, 
and like admittance of that. And then it kind of opens the door for you to um, show forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think Peter in verse 21, Jesus, he goes and he's like, Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in his mind, he's like, all right, if this is how you want the kingdom of God to function, then my next question is <laughs> how many times yeah, what's must I forgive I that this? person? <laughs> like how many times do I go find them in the thorn bush? How many, you know, uh, <laughs> as many as it takes. Yeah. So zero times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I, I've, I've shared some stories about people in my life that, you know, I've had some interpersonal conflict with, but mm-hmm. have worked through that and found like a really good relationship on the other side. And I'm, I'm kind of convinced that eventually every relationship will have its conflict. And sometimes the one where the ones where you just get that right out of the way off the beginning, (laughs) like your, your relationship starts with conflict and you can work through it. It's almost like you've broken the ice and there's some deeper level of trust and knowledge of the other person. But when it starts good and it just starts to kind of fade and they can kind of live in that gray area of like, should we have a talk? Should we not? I don't know. It can exist there for quite a while, and I right. just don't think it's it creates as strong of a relationship as once you've had peace on the other side of conflict. Ooh, ooh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, and so, so I don't know if I should read the whole parable of the unforgiving servant because that's the public reading of scripture, and we don't, we do, don't that do that here. here. <laughs> it's pretty long. So I, I think, it. I think we know it. Yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a servant who has a really, really, really huge debt. He, Unbelievable yeah, he's amount. about to just go to the ringer for it. He falls down. He pleads, please have mercy on me. Forgive my debt. The, the big rich guy head honcho is like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will like on the way home. That guy finds someone that owes him a much smaller debt puts him through it, does not show mercy on him. Throttles him. Yeah, throttles him. Like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and then the 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 big dog servants see this. They go tell him. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I let you off the hook for a big debt. You can't let your your servant off the hook for a little debt. Mm-hmm. We have a problem now. Yep. And then he goes to... Took bad. everything, right? Sold yeah, his it's family, just bad. Sold to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And then there's that catch at the prison. end. My heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. <laughs> so if I was Peter, I would be finding a new rabbi stat. <laughs> 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 like, Peter, weren't you with Jesus? Nah, man. That was me. <laughs> his forgiveness <laughs> ethic is ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's true because Christ's forgiveness ethic is ridiculous. It is. For you and for me. Yeah. So, um, the first thing I drew out of this, um, that we need to have as we practice conflict and and I wrestle with this because I, I wrestle with forgiveness in some parts of my, my heart. And I think sometimes Christians, we, we try to make it sound like a little too easy or a little too, um, I don't know, cartoony of like forgive and forget and just kind of move on. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I just think the world is a nasty place and I, I feel like we should equip Christians with a robust theology of forgiveness rather than trying to make it sound kind of just easy and chill and we'll just forgive and forget and get over it and move along. Yeah. And, forgive and forget's not that parable. Yeah. No, no. It's like <laughs> forgive and remember. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, it's not the verse, but where Jesus remembers our sins no more, God remembers our sins no more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means he's, it's whitewashed out of his brain as, as if he doesn't hold them to us, but mm. I've been in debates with other 
Christian traditions about that. But anyways, so <laughs> I I had uh, I threw out um, two postures that, uh, or three actually that we have to for um, when we forgive is the first is that um, we identify with the wrongdoer, so we show compassion, and it's this idea that we humanize them and we put ourselves in their shoes. And when we're the ones that do something wrong, it's really easy to justify it or explain it or like, well, I had a bad day. If you, if you only knew my background, why I reacted that way, you would understand. And we try to like weasel ourselves out of it. But when someone else offends us, it's very, very hard to do that. Well, no, you just did something wrong. No excuses. <laughs> right. And so if you can meet that person face to face, show compassion, put yourself in their shoes um, and just identify yourself with the wrongdoer as in like, you know what, if I was them, I may have done that same thing. And in many ways, I have done that same thing to someone else or something similar, mm-hmm. some similar level of interpersonal fault. Um, and then the second is that we we don't just identify with the wrongdoer, we absorb the debt. And I think this is where um, forgiveness really just like hurts in <laughs> yeah. in the sense it is taking it is releasing the desire for justice or revenge Mm -hmm. and so you're gonna say there is a loss in my life because of the thing that you did to me and instead of making you repay that or holding it against you or treating you differently because of it in order to like reflect or deflect that pain back at you Mm -hmm. or deflect that debt back at you somehow I'm actually going to allow that debt to just absorb into me, whether that's a financial loss, an emotional loss, a relational loss, a very like physical, tangible loss. I mean, ways that humans hurt each other are very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it it could just be you slandered me on Facebook, <laughs> but it could be like, yeah, you you were drunk and you were driving and you killed my son. You know, and so, yeah. sorry if that hits on listeners, <laughs> but it is it is like hard that. There's a there is a problem and I am going to absorb mm-hmm. that debt into me. And I think that's where like it gets really hard because we really don't want to feel that pain and absorb that debt. And but I think that is what this parable is inviting us into is to reflect on the debt that Christ has absorbed for us. Yeah. And um and then the last thing I just observed was just that last line it seems a little harsh that like somehow if we don't forgive other people, God is going to be really harsh with us. And it isn't part of our sin in many ways, our inability to forgive other people. It's mm-hmm. like wanting that sense of justice and um, holding that grudge and coping with that through slander or gossip or, you know, distance. And um, I, I think that it's less a statement of, well, if you're a Christian and you just don't forgive each other, like three, three strikes, you're out. <laughs> God's going <laughs> to, uh, send you away. <laughs> yeah. Um, hand you over. But I think it's pointing to a deeper issue of our heart. And it's the sense that like, if we're struggling to forgive someone, their debt to us, it points to the fact that we haven't yet fully processed the extent to which Christ has forgives us forgives us Mm -hmm. like we don't truly believe that he's identified with us and shown us compassion we don't actually believe that he's absorbed the debt we're still living in some type of give take relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. where we feel distant and 
in the doghouse if we've sinned and we feel good if we're performing well at our Christian duties. And, and I think Jesus is driving us back into the gospel and back into Christ of like, um, if, if you find it hard to forgive someone that sinned against you, and it is very hard, if you're struggling with that, return and remember the forgiveness um, that you have in Christ. And so, sorry, go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going. I, my, my, my invitation then to the to the men is that we could be a a church that would be marked by by radical forgiveness, and then that would be like some type of compelling witness to the world and like a safe yeah. safe place to be. So show up as you are, authentic. Um, and then we, to the extent that we are diverse, that will be an asset. Um, to the extent that we are um, forgiving one another. Yeah. Yep. Now you can talk, Chris. <laughs> well, since you covered the entire thing, I'll just talk <laughs> I didn't know when to stop. I was, I was going. I was just <laughs> on a roll. Uh, no, I think you summarized it well. I thought it was a valuable uh, uh, message to chew on for that retreat, one of three. But I appreciated the ideas, especially the hard, the hard message there that, that God takes this stuff very seriously. Forgiveness, you know, and the fact that he has extended this forgiveness to us is something that cost him. Yep. And so I always think it's a breakdown of our view of our own sin and the debt we've been pardoned of um, based on how we're going to treat other people. So yeah, that seems like the crux of, of what's happening the there. Crux. The crux, the linchpin. I mean, crux uh, just means cross. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I come from a skate background. Oh, so. no, I was <laughs> yeah. The crux. crux Wait. A... So the rumor is that you can do an, an Ollie. On that's a skateboard. true. Mm-hmm. And apparently Matt can do a kickflip. Well, that's what I've heard. I'm not an eyewitness. So uh, sounds like we need to have, bring a skateboard. To I, the think <laughs> I think we do. I think we do. Speaking of forgiveness. Um, Chris, you have offended me dearly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, thanks listener. Hey, go, go back and read Matthew 18 and put some of those puzzle pieces together. Um, and what some of the small group questions were, you know, is there anyone in your life that you feel like you need to forgive? Um, and then what would it look like for UFC to, to be a church that's marked with a culture of forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And I think that includes having the courage, um, and compassion to, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can do that very first step very well, um, it can save us a lot of uh, turmoil down the line. Yeah, a lot yeah. of unnecessary suffering. Yeah, for sure. All right, listener, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, stick around. We will, uh, at some point in the near future, post episode three, which will cover the third and final mini sermon from the men's retreat. Thank we'll you. get you on the next episode. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 